On this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, we recap the Badgers' victory over Nebraska, look at the Big Ten West race as it sits now, and cover all the other headlines in college football. Then we discuss Badgers basketball, including their big win over Marquette today. We look at NFL headlines, including helmets and Lamar. Marlowe suffers through the Bears game, uh, as, it, as it appears now. And then I uh, discuss some soccer stuff. Yeah, okay. All right. Let's start the show. All right, we're back with another episode of the 132 Breeze podcast. As always, this is Marlo joined by Casey. Casey, how are we tonight? Well, doing pretty good. Uh, winning weekend uh, for the Badgers. Uh, Packers on the bye week. So, all-around winning weekend for me. We are recording during the Bears game. Ugh, currently, currently not going great. So, hopefully, uh, you know, Marlo, I, I know you're a true professional, so you'll be able to uh, to to get through this. But, um, yeah, going pretty good. Uh, and before the podcast, before I came downstairs to, to, to the pod studio that is my basement, <laughs> and... Uh, just want to share a little little dad story with you, Marlo, here. Okay. Um, so my son said he wanted something from the freezer. So I opened the freezer and he points to the to the ice cream. And I say, um, okay, what do you say? Expecting him to say please or, you know, some sort of thing like that. He goes, you're the best dad in the whole world and I really like playing with you. Wow. <laughs> I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you really laid it on thick there. I'll get, you earned some ice cream. <laughs> He knows how to. He knows how to pull the strings already. This is not great. He's only three and a half. Oh, <laughs> he's man. already. He's already at that level of deception. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good one. He's a good so, one. So uh, anyway, anyway, that, that was a good good dad story. I want to show you through. But so now I'm down. Kid has ice cream. I'm ready to go and uh, celebrate some Badger victories. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, good man. I'm ready to go. I'm coming off a weekend where I was awarded a co MVP of a wedding. Oh, um, so your boy is coming okay. at you fresh off his MVP performance. Nice. Uh, so ready to ready to go. It's not surprise me whatsoever. <laughs> um, I would say that any wedding that you attend, you are odds-on favorite to be MVP or co-MVP of of said wedding. So congratulations. Um, what does it come with? What is that? It just comes with a hangover. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty <laughs> decent hangover. Uh, you know, lots of congratulatory. Uh, cheers at the morning breakfast nice. uh, for people that you know don't know you, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was good. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it was good. Get back, get back to in Chicago for a little bit and ah. uh, celebrate celebrate the nice wedding. I do wonder what it's like to be at a wedding with Marlo when you don't know him. It <laughs> has to be a, a special experience, you know. I it, it it's fun to get together with you in general. It's fun to get together with you at a wedding, you know, when you get in that wedding mode. But I can only imagine what it's like. Being like, I have no idea who this guy is. Holy <laughs> cow. Uh, that has to be something. All right. <laughs> Speaking of things that were something, Marlo. Yes. Badgers win. Another victory over Nebraska, 37-21. Uh, if you go by the stats, I, I don't know. I don't know how you read this one, Marlo. I Watching the game, it was a lot more nerve-wracking than I felt like it needed to be. Uh, yes. The scoreline doesn't feel indicative of, I guess, the emotion I went through during the game. 
because the scoreline goes, Wisconsin kind of handled Nebraska, right? We won, ended up winning by 16, covering the spread, uh, which is, I think, 14, 14 and a half. 14 and a half, yeah, it was close that. When you found it. Uh, Badgers down early, a big kind of 17, 20 points. I don't remember exactly what it was in a row to take the lead, and then kind of a back-and-forth game from there. So I guess how what was your feeling out of, out of it, Marlo? Do you feel like it was a decisive victory or something else? Well, this game had a little bit of everything, especially in the first half. We had weird turnovers. We got some crazy touchdowns. Um, Yeah, and it was, I felt like I was watching it at at each point. I'm kind of like, how is Wisconsin, how are we 7-2? and And then also looking at like how, thinking Nebraska's better than they are, and like how they only have four wins again. Um, Because they were just at points shredding us apart. Right. of the game, so it's just kind. Of, and then, at the same time, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, this is why Nebraska's four and two. I was like, "Oh yeah, this is why we are where we're at," <laughs> you know. Um, so it was kind of a, I guess, a confusing game. Like you said, I it, it was more nerve wracking than I was hoping it to be than I, I thought it would, it should have been. But I think in the end, uh, I forgot your question. But the way yeah, I felt about it, I, yeah. I believe is what you asked. Yep. Um. Yeah, I believe at the end of the day, kind of, you know, the the water raise just found its level uh, mm-hmm. towards the end there. We had some breakdowns, but we were able to overcome them because I just think we were the better team. Uh, I don't think doing having those mistakes or giving up those type of things against other teams would work out, but it did in this case because we were playing Nebraska. Yeah, I was kind of watching this game similar to you being like, how is Nebraska you know, four and five in this game and, you know, two and four, whatever they were in conference like that? Because their offense was doing things and the yeah. announcers were making it sound like this was the first time the Nebraska offense has done anything all season. So I went on their, you know, schedule and looked at it. And this is kind of, this is pretty much what their every game has been for them. They give up 30 plus points, they score in the mid 20s. That's yeah. been every game from them, you know, give or take here or there. But so this is kind of run of the course for them. So it made me feel a little bit better that um, that that's how this game went. Uh, and I kind of, I don't know. Like I said, I was more nerve wracking than than I thought it was going to be. But we got the result uh, that we wanted, and I think, frankly, that we that we expected. Um, although we always hope for hope for better. But uh, let's dive into our segment, Marlo. The good, the yep. great, the bad, the ugly uh, of the game. Uh, let's have you go first with your good. All right, my good is defensive stands. Although there were some defense deficiencies, I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. Yep. Uh, it was great to see a couple key stands by the defense, especially in the fourth quarter, um, stopping uh, stopping Martinez on fourth mm-hmm. and fourth and to go on was the second to last drive, I believe, and then yeah. the final drive really put the nail in the coffin uh, on that game. Is the fourth and uh, I think it was one or two to go, fourth and goal, yeah. um, stopped him at the one yard line. Uh, for the turnover downs there, uh, that really kind of uh, we really put the game away out of reach for Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, those were, were great stands off of drives, which we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. But uh, when it got down to it, we were able to make the plays and you know have players in the right right position to make the plays. That's a good, it's a good good Marla. I enjoyed that as well. Uh, I'm going to go with my good is I'm going to kind of combine it. <laughs> <laughs> things here. Uh, wide receiver play, and I'm going to include the kick return for a touchdown within wide receiver play, um, so I'm kind of stretching that a little bit. Uh, look, Jack Cohn was not good in this game. I would dare say he was bad. <laughs> He's not my bad. Oh, no, he is my bad. Crap. <laughs> He's going to be my bad. But I felt like uh, the wide receivers really made the best of the chances that they got. You can start with AJ Taylor's touchdown, which was just phenomenal when he took that hit, see it on his feet, and motored on into the end zone. Kendrick Pryor had a couple plays. 
where he took a hit or made a man miss, got a first down when he probably shouldn't have, when the throw didn't get it to him, uh, get the first down for him, excuse me, he had to go get it. And then Quintus Cephas making, you know, nice catches here and there as as he's wanted to do. Of course, we had um, <clears throat> some end arounds for Danny Davis, one to kind of seal the game at the end of the game, too. So I thought that the wide receivers did a good job of kind of making the most of what they were presented there uh, within this game. So good job by them. Good job. Good job. Good job. I received. And the kick return. Yeah. yeah. Kick return, I should go uh, comment on, was great in that we hadn't seen anything leading up to this. Like, we didn't expect this at all. It was a real, I don't think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't have gashing returns in the past. And it really felt like it came at an important time in the game. Uh, Nebraska had just taken, uh, was it a, a 14 to 10 lead? No. Yep. Excuse- 55-yard pass. Where's the? I'm sorry. They took a seven-to-zero lead, um, and I was like, "Oh boy, I don't know. I don't know about this game." And then, 89-yard kickoff return, and it just kind of shifted uh, the game because it it didn't start out great for the Badgers. No, uh, and that that kind of shifted the game. The long pass was when it was 14 to 14 to 10 to go up 17 to 14. So, um, yeah. So that's all. All in all, good job by our I guess our skill position players um, in this game. Yeah, kickoff return for a touchdown. I mean, we don't you don't see a lot of them now with the new rules and them basically kicking the ball out of bounds every time or through the end zone pretty much every time. So it was nice to see. I think I got to check with the staff department. It was probably the first time a kickoff return since Gilrich against Ohio State, would you say? I, when I, I can remember. That's the last one I can remember, but yeah, it was the last one I remember. Staff department on that, as you said. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's always exciting to see because at this point, when that happens, like I, I, I don't even watch kickoffs anymore, really, because I don't, I don't ever think anything crazy like that can happen. Because usually it's yeah. just a touchback. So yeah, that was uh, that was exciting to see. All right, I'll keep it here, Marlo. Moving on to the great, I'm going to give it to our man Jonathan Taylor again. <laughs> I mean, just another performance against the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and I saw a stat. I don't, I didn't, I didn't get it, and I wish I did. But it's kind of the stats of what our running backs have done against Nebraska defense. It's absolutely fantastic. I think the worst performance was 124 yards. <laughs> and that was by far the worst. Uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, Jonathan Taylor on the day, 25 carries, 204 yards, two touchdowns. That's the worst game he's ever had in it against Nebraska. <laughs> in 18, he had 249 yards, two touchdowns. And in 17, as a freshman, 221 and three touchdowns. And somehow... This is the other amazing stat. Nebraska is the is third place in Jonathan Taylor's average yards against. Yeah, in the big. I, I did see that. That was crazy. I forget who number two was. Marlo, uh, I believe sorry. it was Purdue. Purdue was number one. Oh, they were number one. Yeah, I forget was who like, number two. Nice. We played Purdue. It might be Iowa. I think Iowa's on that graphic. It might be. It might be. It was something crazy. So two hundred <laughs> a ho hum twenty five carries two hundred four yards two touchdowns <laughs> against uh, against Nebraska. Uh, I think what, but if I had to boil it down to a play, but maybe even a drive, it was uh, the drive with about five minutes left. Uh, it was a 10 play, 72 yard drive. I think it took the game clock from 10 minutes to five minutes, something like that. He had back to back runs of 16 and 18 yards, which were basically f- off. I don't even want to say off tackle. They were like between the center and guard runs where Nebraska defenders were just jumping on his back like he was an adult playing kids and he just <laughs> just carried them on his back for 16 and 18 yards. It was absolutely unbelievable. Just his ability to stay on his feet, moving those piles forward 
on those back-to-back runs was was just something else. Um, and obviously, I think if you watch this game, you saw this, uh, but he became the career rushing leader. He now has, uh, excuse me, not career rushing leader. Through his junior year, he now has more yards than anybody else has had through their junior year. He has 5,634 yards, passing Herschel Walker at 5,596. And what annoyed me was they kept, I feel like people keep going, yeah, but Herschel Walker did not in fewer games because the seasons were shorter back then. Yeah. Well, we have two more games left this year. So kind of take that into account. But uh, he broke his record with uh, as a junior with uh, Jonathan Taylor, that is, with 836 total carries. That's 247 fewer carries than Herschel Walker needed to do it. So Herschel Walker did it in less games, let's say, but in 250 more carries. So take yeah, that, all take you Herschel that. lovers and naysayers of Jonathan Taylor. And I think we just – I know we do this a lot on this podcast, but I think more yep. people need to recognize how great <laughs> Jonathan Taylor has been and just well, – days like this, just enjoy it. Yeah, and I, I – I was thinking about this out of the game. It's like, dang, we only got a few games left. Like, we really start, if you haven't, you should start appreciating this because he's not coming back, obviously. Right. Um, and this is, this is gonna, he's going to go down as one of the greats. Um, and then I was thinking, let me know what you think about this, Casey. Yeah. Is it a little more impressive that Jonathan Taylor is doing this in an era where everyone is passing? And on, on top of that, we can't pass. We've never been able to pass <laughs> while he's been in the backfield. While he's been there. It, has been there and he's able to put up these numbers yeah i think both those things are are impressive i add to the impressiveness of this um i mean when you talk about wisconsin you're talking about a a run offense so the fact that you don't have a prolific quarterback sure but not i don't i don't want to be too tough on cohen and your boy horny brook but (laughs) it seems like we've only had at times competent to good play yeah, but never consistent play. Right, he's always been the center focus. We've only kind of been able to do some like trickeration plays. It seems like through the passing game. Uh, I don't know what the quarterback play was like for Herschel Walker back then, <laughs> uh, but I don't. It's hard to see this record being broken, right? Like, what situation yeah. will exist where somebody's running? for as many yards as soon in an offense that runs as much as Wisconsin. I mean, it's it's truly impressive, and he'll obviously be able to pat on some yards towards towards the end of this to, uh, to jack that record up even higher. But I don't know. Maybe he can come back, Marlo. Maybe. Maybe. maybe he can no, he's not coming back. Just appreciate Just appreciate him. So just, just appreciate, just appreciate the greatness, him. the great yep. that is Jonathan Taylor. Um, I think I think a little bit of it is Marlo. Like, it's – he – doesn't have granted he'll have the thing you're going to talk about in the great but like his great plays are like small little cuts small little yeah. changes of directions hitting the hole at the right time you know pushing the pile forward making that five yard gain a seven yard gain or a 12 yard gain those things that like as a Wisconsin fan freaking I freaking love in just it's so fun to watch, but I think if you're, you know, used to watching like I don't know, like let's say like a Reggie Bush or something, where you're doing these crazy like, oh, he runs this way and then reverses the entire field and does all that. He's not doing that. He's doing these other things that are still, uh, still great and appreciative in a Wisconsin type offense uh, that I don't think get appreciated enough. Well, speaking of appreciation, yeah, 
I'm going to go into my great, sticking with Jonathan Taylor, but his spin move on his touchdown. Uh, did you see it? I saw it because you put it in here. But <laughs> other than that, I, 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 I mean, I saw it during the game, but it didn't yes. stand out. But upon review of you putting it in here, I saw it. Yeah. I see it now. Why, yeah, why is no one talking about the spin move? We talked about Lamar's spin move last week, yeah. and it was on two guys. This was on two guys to get into the end zone. It was a fantastic spin move. He pressed the B button on a dime uh, to juke out two players with the to get the touchdown. Fantastic. And no one's talking about it. And I feel like I need to bring it to attention so that we can start talking about it, so other people start talking about it as being one of the great spin moves that happened this season. Yeah, it was a great spin move, and... I, I don't want this to go counter to my my point I just made. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like it, but he's making a move in traffic to get more yards. And that's what he did on this play that I think gets lost in the kind of open fieldness of your big 12s and your, you know, whatever the heck's going down at LSU. Those are happening in space. He's doing all this stuff amongst huge bodies that he's making miss and linebackers and defensive backs in, in this play. It was a great spin move to get yes. into the end zone. And it just, I think the thing is, it, it, it seems so easy. He makes it look so easy. Yeah, so natural. So that, like, you, it doesn't stand out, but it's an amazing move. It's it's weird. It's just the way in which he runs. The power with the, which he runs, uh, it, it just all looks so normal that it doesn't jump out, if that makes sense. But it's great. God, I... He's fantastic. All right. Yep. Appreciate. All right. All right. Let's turn negative, Marlo. Let's turn negative. Let's go into my bad. Sticking bad. with Jonathan Taylor just for a little bit longer, guys. Yeah. All right. So the bad. <laughs> we talked about yeah. the Herschel, him passing Herschel Walker Jr., but we had the whole game. Fox does this every once in a while. Just picks, picks something and just, like, kills it. Yep. And they were tracking the Herschel. It was the Herschel tracker the whole time from, like, first snap on. And it was every time they showed him, every time, like, after every carry. After even before every carry, at the it every timeout we were on, uh, you know, offense or when they came back from when they came back from commercial, they always put up that Herschel tracker, and it was getting annoyed. It's like I get it, he has to get here and he's here, and I just feel like for this stat, it's again, it's another. I don't are they considering it a record? I just feel like it's a random stat they picked up, like the mm-hmm. most yards by a running back up until their junior year. And Hers- and there was a couple cool names up there, like Ron Dane, Herschel Walker, yeah. and uh, I think, uh, I forget the other one from from Oregon. LaMichael Michael James. Yeah, LaMichael James. And I was like, that is, it's impressive, but we're not like going, this isn't Ron Dane going for the all, you know, NCAA record. This is just passing another person before your junior year. And I felt like it was a little much for that stat and it wasn't really a record and they just kept showing it and i was like okay now he passed it can we move on with the game please thank you yeah well it wasn't that and it, it was that they were talking about the graphic oh yeah that too <laughs> they, you didn't just bring it up so like you could casually just follow along they, they, yeah. they were talking about it uh i forgot to mention was it last week that ron dane was was at the game and they interviewed yeah. him oh yeah yeah referred to himself as last. a goat that was fantastic <laughs> And then, <laughs> speaking of the other guy, uh, I, I don't know who it is, who actually has the most ru- collegiate rushing yards because they count bull games for him, but not for Ron Dane, even though those stats are widely available and verifiable, <laughs> and they don't count them for Ron Dane for some reason. It doesn't make sense. Um, even though he goes, he essentially said, like, they'll fix that, and I'll be 
the leading rusher of all time, or he they need to fix it. It was a fantastic interview where in which he pumped himself up. It was fantastic. Yeah, the other fantastic thing I think uh, they said, oh, Ron Dane's back in town, uh, right before they kicked it to the interview, yeah. and I was like, no, bro, he never left. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not back from anything. Yeah, Ron Dane, he's great. Uh, yeah, Herschel Tracker was bad, uh, and 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 they're talking about it. I don't know how I don't know how impressive it is because I get it because then you can go pro and you all, you don't get your senior year in the you know Ron yeah. Danes who stick around or though you, you think kind of those elite rushers are leaving as soon as they can right yeah yep. um so it it makes sense but it's not going to be in any real record book I think it was just something right. that, that that you can talk about uh, there all right my bad Marlo uh, Cone. <laughs> Just they they keep talking about his accuracy because that's he what his, his best stat is right. He I think he's now below seventy. He has to be after this game below seventy percent completion percentage, which is baffling because every game it feels like he's missing <laughs> throws. So I feel like he should be at like a hundred percent. But specifically in this game, was his underthrowing or throwing behind wide receivers? And I'm going to yeah. walk you through a few. The first and most obvious was Jonathan Taylor's catch fumble. Where Jeff Taylor makes an amazing play, reaches behind, grabs it, and as he pulls it in, it gets knocked out, and they call it a fumble. Unlike in the Ohio State game, where he <laughs> catches it, shifts the ball in his arm to his other hand, then the ball gets knocked out, out of bounds. That's not a catch. This one is a catch. That doesn't make any sense. This one was far less of a catch than that one was. And it was crazy how that ball stayed in bounds. On yes, top it was of also that. crazy that it made the football, only the way a football can bounce does that bounce back in bounds. Um, and everybody just when everybody in the field goes stops and says that's incomplete. You know what? It's probably incomplete. We don't have to freaking review it a million times, and then come up with a ridiculous ruling, absolutely ridiculous ruling on that. But that reach, that amazing play by Taylor that ended up getting knocked out as an incomplete pass that got called a fumble, was because Cone underthrew the guy. Next possession I have down here. Maybe it was in the next possession, but the next one I have. Third and six. Cephas is running a slant route, and Cone just throws it behind his legs. Like, not even close. <laughs> they end up converting on fourth and six. Uh, yeah. Anyway, back to Cephas. And then uh, there was another play. Ah, crap. I have like four times I wrote my notes. Cone <laughs> throws behind his wide receiver, behind Cephas, behind Taylor, behind... Uh, I don't know if he ever threw at Danny Davis. <laughs> but... Yeah. It just seemed like a constant thread through my notes. And for the most part with the clean pocket. It wasn't like he was under distress in this stuff. Or they're rolling him out to get him. He had time. He could make these throws. Yeah. And anyway, Cohen throwing behind his wide receivers. That was bad. All right. I'll stick with Ugly Marlow. Keep on going here. Just the, this defense getting gashed. And I don't know if it's just my expectation of them. Um of this defense after what they did to like Michigan, Michigan State, uh, but they just gave up huge plays, missing tackles all over the place. Uh, on uh, one drive, they had three guys around the tight end who caught an 18-yard pass, and none of them tackled them. They all just were like, cool, he caught it. And then he just ran 15 more yards. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, we should probably tackle that guy. And then they uh, ended up, I think, scoring. or it, it, There was just like four, three or four broken tackles. I'm like, Multiple plays, and that's just not what Wisconsin does, and I didn't understand it. The the drives of uh, I have here, they had f- uh, five-play drive 
for 63 yards in a minute 48, five plays, 73 yards, a minute 46, four plays, 75 yards, a minute 31, six plays, 81 yards, 317. That one ended in downs. The first three were touchdowns. That one was the one where uh, Marlowe mentioned uh, Zach Bond made the stop and Martinez in the last drive, 12 plays, 74 yards, 314 downs on Pearson's tackle at the goal line. Just, if you notice the theme there, very little plays, very little time, <laughs> a lot of yards. The defense just seemed like it was getting guessed. It seemed like they were unprepared for what Nebraska was going to do. And I didn't, yeah. I mean, maybe this just happens against Nebraska. I don't know. It, it, it felt very weird. Um, last thing I'll add, Matt Millen added in his broadcast expertise, um, the most important thing about tackling is getting the man on the ground. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Matt Thanks, Matt. We should, the coaches should have told the Badgers that because their tackling was terrible in this game, getting gashed on those plays. Very frustrating. And I, like I said, I think the frustration is just like I expect them to be elite, and these were not elite defensive drives. Right. Yeah. No. It's it is it's so frustrating, and it's the like it is funny. Matt Miller talk about tackling, getting on the ground, but you're right. You, you look at it. What it should be, you know, even it's frustrating to be a 10-yard play, it turns into like a 15, 20-yard play because we're just not tackling. Yeah. Or play, uh, you know, they had a ton of rushing yards that should have been, you know, for a loss, but it goes for 22 yards because we miss a tackle, you know, at the point of, of attack there. Uh, and it's just not, it's not something we grew accustomed to the first few games of the season. We were obviously sound tackling, right. a lot of threes and outs. Um, but, yeah, here just getting gashed. It was very worrisome, very worrisome. Yeah. All right, what's your what's your other my ugly man, Nebraska as a whole. Who's hating you? Nebraska's hating. <laughs> Nebraska, all of Nebraska's gonna hate me for this. He's gonna yeah. call into the podcast. Yeah, it's just, it's. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just wolf. Uh, we could go back. We talked about last week how we look kind of circled this game on our calendar, being like, "This is the year Scott was back." They had been uh, preseason ranked for who knows reasons why after winning four games last season. They're going back on the same train right now. Probably won't make a bowl. Uh, unless they yeah. rally in his last, win out. yeah, they have to win out to make a bowl. Um, and then on top of that, with all this great performance and all this upside that looks like it's going everywhere, if Scott Frost gets his contract extension through twenty twenty six. Please give your agent a raise. Uh, he gets to take a little bit more percentage for that. But it just seems that when Scott came over, I was afraid of it because he did such a good job at uh, UCF. Yeah. Uh, basically, basically putting champ- a national, national type, champions. yeah, putting a national championship team together. Thought that with <laughs> the greater resources of Nebraska, what people you know obviously think of him in Nebraska, that he could turn that, you know, maybe not turn it around, but there would be some sort of upswing, and especially this year, right? Yeah. And it's just not, it's just not there. And just to kind of see it like firsthand, just some of the things. I mean, Martinez is not the guy. Uh, I don't know if they have another guy, but just seeing some of the, it just seems like there's institutional things that are not going well that I don't know how they're going to fix. And I just feel bad for Nebraska fans at this point. Just feel bad. Yeah, it was weird. Before the game, uh, ESPN ran a, if not Scott Frost, then is Nebraska lost? And I, I, <laughs> I felt, I felt, I don't want to say bad for Nebraska fans. That sounds condescending, although you just said that. Yep, um, I feel bad for them. They, I mean, they just they have to readjust their expectations. I mean, they have to readjust where they expect to be. Uh, I I don't know where I read this, but I read this. They they have to stop thinking that they can be Alabama and start hoping they can be Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. Because they keep going from 
all right, we got Scott Frost, or this thing happened, X happened, now we're going to be back. It's like, just be Wisconsin for a little bit. Just be, <laughs> you know, 9-3, and three for like you were with Bo Pelini. Just be that again for a little bit. And then you can start talking about taking that next step. Stop talking about going from being Purdue to being Alabama again. Like they need, Damn, that they cut need to deep. slow it down a little bit. I mean, they lost to Purdue two weeks last week. Yeah, true. They need to. They need to just relax for a little bit. And I don't. I don't know that it's the offense because they are putting up points. It's that defense. That defense has been terrible. They kept calling them black shirts, and people earning their black shirts. Meanwhile, we're running all over them. Purdue ran all over them. Indiana ran all over them. Like Minnesota, all over them. Like that. I don't know. They they gotta. It's not the offense. The offense look. I mean, I, I I'm saying that because they had almost 500 yards against Wisconsin, maybe. But like the offense yep. look fine. They gotta get some defense, some playmakers back there. I don't know. It's, yeah, they just get rid of. They just, just don't even talk about black shirts until you actually can have a defense. Yeah. Just don't talk about them. Just yeah, put them away. Oh, they did beat Illinois. Illinois is a good team, though. So. Yeah, Illinois is a really good team. Yeah, good We're going to talk about that in a minute. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so let's take a step back, Marlo. Um, Wisconsin wins. Uh, we are now, what are we sitting at? Five and two, uh, second in the West. Still a path now with Minnesota. Minnesota, the other big news, Minnesota loses to Iowa. Uh, yeah. Still a path to win. Uh, we got Purdue at home next week. Then we go to Minnesota. It looks like that Minnesota game is going to be... Um, a de facto. Is it de facto if it just is? It looks like it's going to be <laughs> NFC, uh, NFC West, uh, a Big Ten West championship game. If Purdue takes care of business and Minnesota takes care of business, uh, Minnesota lost twenty three to nineteen in Iowa. And I guess let's for now let's skip Purdue, Marlo, and focus on Minnesota. Are you more? Okay. So now we've watched two games of Minnesota in a row. To be honest, I watched very little of Minnesota beforehand. I'm not tuning yeah. into Minnesota versus Rutgers or Maryland. Let's just say that. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. Are you more or less worried about the Minnesota game after, let's just say, after the Iowa and Penn State games than you were before? Okay. So uh, I'm a little more. I'm a little more worried now because only because it's at Minnesota, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. watching them play Penn State at home, place was crazy. They were going nuts, and they just looked like they were executing everything perfectly. And obviously, they were a different team on the road at Iowa, right? So, if that game, well, it should come down to it uh, again. Yeah, I don't we'll want to look past Purdue in a little bit. Let's all right. So, just we're just we're saying just that, like you said, if that comes down to the West, and we're at, that game comes out of the West. The axe is on the line. The West is on the line at Minnesota. Yeah. I don't know. That makes that makes me very nervous. That you know, that's going to be a lot of energy in that in that stadium. Yep. Um. And it, it could be it could be kind of scary. Minnesota fans being happy for the first time since 1941 or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm uh, after watching Minnesota. I watched Minnesota earlier in the season when they should have lost yep. to Fresno State, when they should have <laughs> lost to San Diego State or San Diego, uh, uh, South Dakota State. I watched those two games. They were on late. <laughs> That's why I was watching <laughs> them. Um, but after watching them play Penn State and Iowa, so what makes me more worried is the seems like they have a competent quarterback who isn't afraid to make plays. They seem like they have wide receivers who can make big plays. Our defense now seems prone to giving up big plays. Yep. That worries me. Um, the way they... If they would have lost that Penn State game, which they should have, I think this I would feel entirely different, but they ended up winning that game off of some... <laughs> you know, We talked about that last week, but so I don't need to rehash that. So that, that makes me a little more worried. Their defense looks okay, um, but what, 
what makes me less worried is they gave up a lot of running yards to Iowa, and they had trouble protecting uh, their quarterback against Iowa, both of which things are our strengths. So that makes yes. me feel a little better. Um, all in all, I'll be a whole ball of nerves if that comes down to the uh, to the West Championship. And I think you're right that it being in Minnesota is a huge deal because uh, both teams seem like different teams home and away. Yes, 100%. You know, Wisconsin got their road win at Nebraska, but that's, you know, our best road win, right? So yeah. that's not, it's not saying a whole lot. Let me go look at this. Um, yeah, that's our best. Well, at U at USC USF U- USF is our only other road. That's a big. That's a good. That's a big road win. <laughs> uh, so yeah, big road win uh, at um, at Nebraska. God, so that's tough. That's tough. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so next week, not now. We're not that we're looking ahead. More worried about no. Minnesota. Iowa took care of business. They did what we needed Iowa to do. Thank Pulled you, Iowa. Appreciate you. Pulled it out. Uh, it did look nervy towards the end, but they pulled it out. Um, as far as that game was, you know, you know, Minnesota was kind of working its way back in the fourth quarter. Um, and then I wasn't able to see the rest because I was sitting at that wedding. But then I get the alert on my, uh, my watch that Iowa pulled it off as they were giving vows. And I had to try really hard not to, not to scream in excitement. <laughs> yeah. During vows. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Oh, it was. Yeah, I suppose Saturday. Saturday wedding. Tough. Yeah. Saturday wedding. Yep. Brutal. Brutal. Yep. Um All right. Next week, Marla. Don't mean to look too far ahead. Home to Purdue. 3 p.m. on Fox kickoff. Yours truly going to be there, Marla. Going to be in the house. Going to be in the house. I'm coming. I'm coming. You're back. coming. I'm going to the game. Yep. What? Yeah. This is all news to me, folks. I know, I wanted to Breaking tell you news. On the podcast. <laughs> nice. On the We're going to be at the game. We're going to be at the game, all 132 Breeze. Going to be there. Um, yeah, whole family thing, heading up. Uh, nice. I, I kind of put it off and then was texting my sister who's arranging it. She's coming in from out of town. And I said, have you bought tickets yet? Because <laughs> buy one more. And then she went and bought them after I said, she, apparently she was waiting for me. <laughs> I didn't realize. Uh, mm. So we're going to it. Um, <clears throat> expectations, Marlo. Yeah. Whew. I, I feel like I'm going to be nervous for this when I shouldn't be because it's Purdue. Yeah. Um, but like you said before, we are a different team at Camp Randall. Uh, I believe, I hope that they know what they're playing for and to put this team away early. Not none of this uh, overtime game like we had last year at Purdue. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, per- Purdue is also, I mean, they've had their, they have some injuries going on, but they are susceptible to uh, making a big play on offense. So, again, that kind of worries me because as long as they can do that, they can be in the game. Uh, but I do expect, I don't know what the spread is on here, but I do expect at least a two-touchdown victory out of this one. Yeah, it's uh, in the 20s, I think I'm looking at it now. Uh, <laughs> last year, uh, the game that uh, Rondale Moore absolutely decimated uh, Wisconsin. Uh, he was unbelievable last year. We ended up needing uh, overtime to win, as as you mentioned, he's still on the team. He's still there to make plays. That makes me nervous. Um, but I'm going to go back to my Jonathan Taylor averages 270 yards rushing against <laughs> Purdue stat <clears throat> and uh, rely on that. Uh, we are. I got. I see here 22 and a half, 22, 22 and a half uh, point favorites. So a, a, hopefully, a pretty easy win. Since we'll both be in the house, I mean, pretty much. Lock, probably pretty much a lock. But uh, Purdue coming off a two-game win streak, winning against Nebraska, 
and Northwestern at Northwestern. Even you know it's tough to play there, Marlon, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, it is. But uh, gotta close this one out and get to that uh, de facto or facto uh, <laughs> championship. Champion. I'm not sure that that's how that works, but we're gonna say it's a facto championship game if we win. Um, Minnesota. Who does Minnesota even play? I don't. Even, oh, they're at. Oh, we'll talk about it. We're gonna talk about it in a second. All right. Yeah, we're talking about it in a second. All right. Let's move on to other football things that happened. Any oh, before yeah, before before we move oh, on to oh. other football, looking at the West, I just want to put it out there. Yeah. Illinois still has a chance to win it. They're in the hunt. If we had that graphic on there, they're in the hunt. They are in the hunt. Three. Yeah. They would need some help, but they're in the yeah. hunt. <clears throat> yeah, good team. They're a good team, Marlon. They're a very it's good not, team. It's not embarrassing at all to lose to, Il- <laughs> to Illinois. Very good team. Uh, they're going to a bowl game. They're going to a bowl game. They got at Iowa versus Northwestern. They could win both of those games. That would be something. <laughs> yeah. That would be something. They lose four in a row and then win their last six. Watch out. Lovey Smith. Watch contract. Out. I think he's there you he's, go. he's under contract to like twenty fifty or something. It's unbelievable. Um all right. All right. Like other football. Freaking Illinois. I can't believe I lost that game. All right, other football. <laughs> Marlo, um, I know we weren't watching this game too much. I don't even know who they were playing, but Alabama was playing somebody they were absolutely crushing. And Tua got hurt. It when I first saw it, I I thought <clears throat> You're, well, first I thought they're up 35 to 7. Why is he in the game? I didn't even know he was going to start. Uh, and then I thought, I hope it's not an ankle because he's had two ankle surgeries. Yeah. It turned out to be worse. It was a hip slash pelvic injury. Is that what? Jeez. Am I right on that? Uh, he had surgery um, either today or tomorrow. He, he flew to Houston for surgery. Uh, he's out for the, the rest of this year. Um, it seems like a really bad injury, and everyone's kind of Alabama saying, "Oh, he'll get a full recovery," and everybody's kind of like, you know, obviously this sucks for our team this year, but two is going to be fine. Then I heard it's the same injury that ended Bo Jackson's career, and that worried me a lot. Yep. Uh, I, again, I'm just, I'm no doctor, right? I'm just this. These are the things that I read, uh, and I, I'm sure medical science has come a long way since Bo Jackson hurt his hip pelvic area. Um, so maybe it's not as serious in 2019 as it was whenever, you know, Bo Jackson uh, had that. But it, it, even, I don't want to say even though it's Alabama, because <laughs> that sounds <laughs> It sucks for college football that one of the most yes. exciting players is hurt and out for the season. And obviously on a personal level for Tua, that's just devastating. Yeah, that's uh, it's tough. Um, you know, I hope he can get healthy and get back and be able to play. Uh, I hope he gets back and have a normal life. Let's start with that. And then we have to be able to play. Like you said, medicine's probably come far, uh, much further away. But it is, it's kind of the, the arc of his career has just been crazy as he came on as a, as a freshman, mm-hmm. had a, you know, won them the national title in that second half. And then, you know, had a very good season last season. And then it's, you know, it's, and then if this is the end of it, uh, at least his collegiate career, that would just be that, you know, this is kind of sad. Um, it was sad for, obviously for Alabama, but also, like you said, for, College football fans in general, because it's such a such a thing to watch two two a fling that thing around out there. Yeah, um, but yeah and such a great player. So okay. here's to a speedy recovery, Tua. To yeah, he yeah he was just a fun player, and Alabama's a, di- a different team with him. And as much as it's annoying it as it is when they win, you don't want to take players away from them, right? You want to you want to see the best team that they have out there to to beat them, and they're obviously going to be a different team with whatever the backup quarterback's name is. Uh, he's not Tua, right? So uh, it'll, <laughs> no. it'll be different this year. So uh, with that, let's talk about um, the top four. Uh, we had some change 
right? Or did, is this the same as last week? I don't know. Whatever. Uh, it, ha- it has LSU. Oh, I think I I think I didn't pay attention to last week's ranking. <laughs> is what happened because Penn State dropped out. That was last week or the week before? No. Penn yeah, State it was last. Been... Yeah, it was last, last week. week. All right, yeah, I totally they lost yep. I totally didn't pay attention to last week's ranking. So <laughs> let's pretend the last week's rankings changed happened. Now we got LSU at number one, uh, Ohio State two, Clemson three, Georgia four. So that's the same as last week. I'm told, Marlo. Then we got well, we haven't gotten the, we haven't gotten the new rankings to come on Tuesday. Well, this is what we're going with now, Marl. This is why okay. I didn't do it last week. This is, <laughs> this is, I'm going off last week's rankings. See, I told you I'm right behind them. Yes, you're All good. Right. We're good. All right. So then we got Alabama, Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma, Penn State. <clears throat> All right. So let's talk about it this way. Do you expect anything to change? Are you okay with where these are at? I think all of these teams won this week. Some of them more convincing than others. I don't even know if Oregon or Utah played, but I think they won. <laughs> they <did. laughs> I think they Utah didn't won. lose. They, they did not lose. We would have heard about it. So yeah, I don't think things are going to be changing because e- even like Ohio State's getting obviously was against, was against Rutgers. It's not going to overtake yeah. LSU. Clemson beats them. Nobody too. Georgia maybe Georgia goes up after beating Auburn and yeah. clinching their division. So maybe they'll switch out with Clemson. Maybe does that really matter? I don't know. Uh, but I don't think that the actual top four will change. Maybe the yeah. order, maybe Georgia will be switched out to three. My only, I, I agree. I, I don't think that, I don't think you're going to move back based on how good or, or poorly you win in, in those top four. I think the top four are kind of going to be set until something happens. Yeah. Uh, I guess what, as I look at this, what frustrates me is that Alabama's at five because yeah. if they went out. LSU and Georgia, if they went out, if all these teams went out, uh, LSU and Georgia are going to play in the SEC championship, and one of them are going to lose, and then they're just going to slide Alabama in. And that, I don't know, that right. kind of frustrates me a little bit. Yep. Would, whereas you have Oregon, Utah, they're going to play in the Pac 12 championship if, you know, they hold set, right? Yep. Uh, the winner of that, I think, should be in the four spot. Oklahoma on the outside, Penn State should be where they are on the outside. I just don't like how this sets up for if everybody on this wins, LSU beats Georgia. I don't see Ohio State losing. I don't see Clemson losing. I mean, outside of big upsets, right? Yeah. Then Georgia loses to LSU and Alabama slides in again. That just feels crappy, especially with Tua out. And maybe it's unfair to keep that in. I'd like to see Oregon and Utah at five and six and Alabama at seven. Although that's probably unfair because Alabama only lost to LSU. Right. And who has Oregon and Utah played, but it just feels that feels like it's a sets up better for like the But Alabama has that's the only team Alabama's played is LSU and they haven't and then they didn't win. Right. I think that's kinda of bigger. They're they're sitting at number five mostly because their name is Alabama, you know? Right. Yeah. Um which yeah, I think that would you know it kinda of sucks they slide in and they'll still if they if they do slide in they'll find a way to win a national title. But um yeah, that's the way it is. I wanna see Utah and Oregon and I wanna see some different teams in here. Uh, that'd be nice. I think the only the the tricky thing that I'm looking at is obviously uh, we're gonna talk about, but the Penn State Ohio State game that's this week. If Penn State pulls that upset off and then slides into the Big Ten championship, mm-hmm. is that gonna leave the Big Ten out again because they're not gonna put Penn State on that four, you know, on that top four line after the loss to Minnesota? I don't know. It's kind of thing, or maybe they'll revenge they'll avenge that loss against Minnesota. I don't know. I think. Uh, barring that, like like you said, something crazy like happened. These these four is probably going to change, but it just 
I, I just feel like chaos like that always happens for the Big Ten when we find a way to get left out. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I've been watching Penn State a little bit closely. Obviously, we watched that Minnesota game very closely yep. last week. I watched the end of that Indiana game, uh, Penn State-Indiana game, and I was not too, I'm not, I'm not too excited about Penn State as much as the committee is. Yeah, um, I I don't think that they're elite. We'll obviously find out when they play at Ohio State. And by the way, Ohio State. Oh, they play yeah. at Ohio State. Never mind. Take everything back. <laughs> I thought it was game, at Penn State. Game yeah. for Ohio State. Uh, yeah. It's just a lot to see Penn State. Penn State jump uh, all those. Although uh, Oklahoma has yep. played Baylor again. I don't. I don't know. I I just don't want to. I don't want two SEC teams. It's <laughs> basically right. No, hundred percent fr- frustrates me uh, that Alabama is going to not win the West. And then make the playoffs again. That just that just right. frustrates me. So I just feel like of all, all of the years, this isn't like the SEC isn't as good as like, from top to bottom as right. it has been in other years. Like LSU is a good team, Alabama is obviously good, but I, I don't think they deserve yeah. two teams to be in there. Right. You know, you got Georgia, who's a good team, and then like Florida's the next best team. Yeah, it looks like where's Auburn? Auburn's four and three. Ugh. And they're like a top ten team. Freaking SEC. All right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they get they're getting a lot of credit. They're getting well. some credit. Yeah. All right. Uh, next week, we already talked about it. Penn State, Ohio State leads the bill next week. Uh, that is Fox did it again, Marlo. They stole the again. best game. It's on at 11, which is super annoying. <laughs> uh, Ohio State, Penn State uh, kicking off at 11 on your local Fox station. Ohio State's favored by 18 points, Marlo. Dang. That is insane. Um I wouldn't bet against them. <laughs> they look they look really good. I don't think Penn State's that good. Uh, they seem a year away. I don't know if it's from last year or for next year Penn, for Penn State, but they seem a, a year away. And God, I just I don't see this Ohio State team losing. And maybe I want to say that because they kicked the crap out of Wisconsin. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was much more excited about this game until you kind of painted that picture for me. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, Ohio State by a million. Yeah. Hopefully, Penn State can cover an 18 point spread. We'll see. Probably not. But, uh, but yeah, it's just it's Ohio State. Oh, yeah, and your boy's back after taking his two two week suspension. Oh. Which, by the way, they played Rutgers in Maryland in those two games. Yeah. For something that had been going on since 2000, since two years ago. But, hey, that's okay. Yeah. It just we'll bring it up when light. we play Maryland and Rutgers. It came to light after their. To the point of the season, biggest game of the year, and he's back to play at their ne- the next biggest game of the year. I mean, I'm not saying that this was colluded, <laughs> but if you were to collude something like that, I don't even know if that's the right way to use that word, but if you were to kind of strike a deal, this is how you would freaking do it, and it smells really bad. It smells really bad, and it frustrates me. Uh, speaking of people who haven't played anybody, Marlo, if we look at Ohio State's schedule, yeah, uh, I mean, beat Wisconsin. We think Wisconsin's pretty good, but pretty good team. That's pretty good win at home. Haven't yeah. played a ranked team other than that. Haven't really? played a ranked team other than that. Um, so and then their last at, is Penn State, and then they got Michigan. Got Penn State, Michigan at Michigan. Yeah. At Michigan. I mean, they're beating the doors off of teams. Yes, it's not close. But their schedule's back heavy. I can't even say that they have Maryland and freaking Rutgers in there. <laughs> but they got so they had so it goes Wisconsin, Maryland, Rutgers, Penn State, Michigan State. That's kind of tough. Um, in those last two, I can't believe that game's at 
freaking 11 o'clock. Uh, I expect Ohio State to roll. I think they're better. I don't think Penn State's as good. I don't understand why the playoff committee and everybody's so in love with Penn State. Granted, if they beat Minnesota like they should have, I probably think differently of them. They just couldn't <laughs> score from two first and goals or whatever it was. Yeah. Two times in the red yeah. zone at least. Freaking frustrating. All right. And then, Marlo, next week, Minnesota. Big game. Big game at Northwestern. At 11, Marlo, do I have to do this again? 11 o'clock in the morning <laughs> at Ryan Field House. Is that even what it's called? Ryan Field. That stupid high school stadium. Come on. We say this every week, Northwestern. You always have an 11 o'clock games. Trip them up one time. Just one time, Northwest. They, uh, I believe they're still defeated in the Big Ten, haven't won a Big Ten game. But they are on a, yeah. on a roll. They beat UMass. They beat UMass on Saturday. So yeah. They're going in this game on a, on a win streak of one. Um, so, yeah, we're going to get the boys up. This can be the game they need. Yeah. Uh, take out Minnesota at home at grade 11 o'clock. Should be fantastic football. Is that a BTN game, I'm assuming? Uh, you'd be mistaken. It's on ABC, Marlon. What? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Never mind. You think it's on ABC. They not only did they beat UMass, who's I think well, possibly the worst <laughs> football team in Division One or whatever they call it. Um, it was it was six zero, and UMass was going <laughs> to kick a field goal. And this is the last highlight I saw of the game. Uh, Penn, uh, Penn State, Nebraska, block Nebraska. <laughs> I, I saw the end and I got confused. Northwestern blocked the field and ran back for a touchdown. This is seven to six, and then they scored thirty-eight more points. <laughs> I was unaware they won forty-five to six. So crushing UMass, all you know, riding high into this Minnesota game. It's going to be at home. Uh, you know, it's tough. It's tough to go there, Marlon. Play at eleven a.m. Yes. Minnesota coming off the huge win, the tough loss, another road game. Could be tough. Could, Could be, be tough. tough. It's not gonna be tough. They're gonna win. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any other college football things, Marlo? That's what we're looking at next week. Yeah. The the night game. What was it? Oregon, Arizona State. Who's lost like their last four games? That looks terrible. Um. Just get up early. Watch football yeah. early. Next week's a good. Well, just keep watching football. But it's a good week to <laughs> commit to something else. At night, because there's not a lot of good night games. Yeah. You want to stay up for uh, San Diego State, Hawaii, kicking off at 10 p.m. 10 p.m., yeah. 10 p.m. There's kickoff. A, yeah, there's a Boise State always out there at like 9 o'clock, 9 o'clock kickoff that you can, if you want to watch that stupid blue field. <laughs> All right. Uh, on to basketball, Marlo. We had a basketball game this week. Oh, yes, so we did. We did. Uh, well, I guess we had, we had two. We had two. We? Yeah, we had two. Well, I already forgot about the first one. Yeah. But that happened. I guess we should recap it. We beat, I don't even know who it was. Who was it? It was MCN. Who was that? McNeese Cowboys. McNeese? McNeese? Sure. You can tell we tuned in this one. Um, Badgers won 83-63. Uh, it was close at half. Ended up running away within the second half. Davidson had 24 points. That's all I'm going to say about that one. The big one. The one that happened earlier today at noon, which was kind of weird on the calendar, Marlo. Uh Early for a basketball game, I'm in NFL, you know, Sunday mode. Uh, yeah, getting fantasy to teams together. Yeah. Oh yeah. This game. This game's on. Let's get it on uh, on the phone here. Uh, Badgers win 77-61. Uh, really kind of ran away with it at the end of the game. Um, it was close. I would say till about I don't know five minutes left, six minutes left, and then we went on a little bit of a scoring run to put it away. 
And this game, I think, is emblematic or maybe prophetic of what I think the rest of the year is going to be like with a lot of balanced scoring. You know, we're used to uh, Ethan Happ, right, getting leading the team in scoring by a large margin. In this game, we had players, Brevin Pritzel and Davison led the way with 15 points. And then we had uh, Ford with 12, Reavers, Trice, and King with 10. So we had five, one, two, five, six players in double digits. I think that's how our scoring is going to be throughout this year. And I think we're going to be a better team, all-around team for it. Uh, because we don't have that one guy that defense can clue in on. We're going to have spread it around. We have people who can make, multiple people can make outside shots. I think this was a kind of a showing of how Wisconsin is going to play this year. <sighs> yeah, sorry. I got messed up by the Bears game. That was the worst play call I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> I think... Uh, yeah, I, I, I that was well said, Casey. The yeah, balance scoring it's gonna it's gonna have it's gonna have to be the uh, the way it's gonna be this season. Uh, there's not someone. Well, you hope someone can step up, but yeah. at, at the same time, it's not gonna happen game in game out. Um, yeah. This is more more or less what we're gonna need to see out of a team. And it's always good to beat Marquette. I think I watched Marquette come back on Purdue George. Mid-week. Yeah, Purdue. That's what it was, Purdue midweek, oh, and so I was like. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, this team might be pretty good. We'll see how it goes on, you know, on Sunday." So, um, yeah, good stuff all around. Besides yep. the stupid Bears team, still have a still have a bit of a propensity to go through some scoring droughts. There was about a five minute stretch in the first half where we maybe had a bucket, so we're still prone to that. Got to avoid that going forward. And shot well, ended up nearly at fifty percent, at forty eight percent, eleven for twenty three. A lot of those hitting late. Led by Brevin Pritzel going three for four from the field. Brevin Pritzel, by the way, what a what a game off the bench. Uh, four for six from the field, three for four from three, four for four from the line, 13 rebounds, total of 15 points. Great game by him. Um, giving him the 132 Breeze Player of the Game Award. Uh, much coveted, as you can imagine, Marlo. Uh, not only that, so we had two wins on the court, Marlo. Yes. Your Wisconsin Badgers also had a pretty big win off of the court. Getting the number eight signing class in the country to join our ranks, led by Lauren Bauman, Ben Carlson, and Jonathan Davis, all four stars. Jordan Davis, Jonathan's brother, a three star, and Stephen Kroll, also a three star. Uh, part of this is we had f- five freaking players in the signing class, so that'll bump <laughs> it up. I uh, just kind of as the ranking goes. There's a really good piece out there. Uh, you have to Google it. Shoot, I didn't write it down about how you put this kind of class together because recruiting five or six players in a recruiting window is a very difficult thing um, to do. And it seems like Greg Gard did a great job in guiding that and getting a lot of players, including, uh, as I mentioned, Jonathan Davis, who is from lacrosse to stay in-state and uh, play for the Badgers. So exciting news for the future of the Wisconsin program uh, off of the court as well as on the court beating beating Marquette, which always feels good to say. Always good to beat Marquette. Yeah. Uh, recruit class, Casey, I don't know much about these kids. I just yeah. go by that number. Yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't get deep dive into the recruiting. I just go by the number. It's ranked number eight. Sounds cool. Uh, hopefully we can do something with those recruits coming down the line. Yeah. I feel like since we've done this podcast, I've really dove into, you know, Badgers and yeah, 
on the court stuff, who's on the team, that kind of stuff. Recruiting is still a, a bridge too far for me to really dive into <laughs> it. Uh, just because there, it's, it just opens up a whole nother like level of like possible recruits. And then you're talking about high school kids and I just can't, I just can't do that. Once they commit now, I know who they are. I'll follow now you're in. I'm with, I'm with yep. you. Uh, but before that, it's just a little bit too much, uh, in the committing and decommitting and all that. I don't really, I'm not, not about that. So, uh, I'm with you there. All right. Other basketball, Marlowe in the college ranks, Kentucky lost to Evansville. Yeah. Where is Evansville? I don't really have a take on that. I just wanted to bring it up because it's freaking amazing in Kentucky. Uh, obviously, you know, they did the whole, like, how much did Kentucky pay to have Evansville come there and beat them is always fun. Uh, Calipari losing early and then talking about his kids instead of his guys is always fun. Uh, it's great when Kentucky loses, especially early to, uh, to uh, I don't want to say nobody, that sound, sounds harsh, but to a non-prominent school. So that yeah, was fun. that was yeah, it was it was wild. Obviously, it wasn't Washington game. I just kind of came across. Actually, I was tuned in the last like two minutes as I was flipping through the channels. I'm like, what is going on? And what happened? Cool. Uh, and I think it's one of those things. I, I can see it as a Kentucky fan. You're watching. It's like because we've all been there. It's like okay, that's fine. They're just playing around. It'll change. It'll change. Get the second half. Like okay, when are we going to start this run? It'll change. And then you just get down to the end and like, what the hell happened? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Ha ha, Kentucky. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, other Badger stuff, Marlo. Uh, just run through it quick. Women's and men's hockey's teams win. Uh, women's went over. Oh crap! Minnesota State. One of the Minnesota. Th- one of the Minnesota teams. I think it was. Uh, men over Notre Dame in the Kohl Center. Uh, women's volleyball keeps on rolling. So, like I mentioned, titled this podcast, Badgers are rolling. Badgers keep on winning. That's all I got for the collegiate ranks, Marlo. Let's move on to the pro stuff. On to the pro stuff. Start with the NFL. I guess that's the only thing we have here. <laughs> NFL. <laughs> and let's talk about what everybody's been talking about from Thursday to today. Uh, I don't know how much we'll have to add, but we'll talk about it. Miles Garrett hit Mason Rudolph in the head with it with Mason Rudolph's own helmet. What is, what is, what are your takes? Where where are you at on this, Marlo? Yeah, Should so he have hit him in the head with his own helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yes or no? Uh, no, <laughs> he should have. I let's just start. I totally missed that. Yeah, I went to bed early, wasn't watching yeah. the game. Uh, then had to do some things early in the morning, so I completely missed it. And all of a sudden, you know, as everyone's waking up and starts like Twitter storming about, well, I missed the Twitter storm last night, but like direct text, yeah. group text messages, all that stuff was going up. And I was like, I missed it, and I haven't seen it. Um, so I'm just, li- I'm just listening to all the takes before I've seen it. Um, and yeah, it's it, it was kind of wild. It went, it kind of ranged from uh, Miles Garrett should never play football ever again to Mason Rudolph started it to <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just kinda, it was like it was all over the place. Uh, and this is before the the ruling came down from the NFL. Yeah, um, you know, submitted indefinitely. Yeah, but yeah, the takes were they were all over the place. It was kind of crazy, and I think I think one of the biggest things because you know it happened on Thursday night. Yeah. Oh, uh, and you know what else are we going to talk about? It was not like we wouldn't talk about, it, but if it was like you know at two o'clock on a Sunday, it kind of would be talked about. But it might have you know fell in the minutiae of the rest of Sunday football, and then we have Monday night football. But yeah, it was just it was a wild it was a wild take storm. Yeah, it. it I think first take the next day was entirely this. <laughs> it was just this story, <laughs> uh, which was which was hilarious, uh, and. 
just the the Twitter like people circling like look at this aspect of the play let me still frame this was hilarious um mm. it was it was all over the place and then you had just so many just so many takes like well what if it was this player and this player instead of the players that had actually yeah. happened like what if it was just like all these <laughs> hypothetical scenarios that didn't happen we don't, why don't we don't need to talk about these straw men you're putting up we need to talk focus on the situation at hand um the weirdest thing about i think all well the weirdest thing was the guy hit the other guy with his own helmet on the head yeah the second weirdest thing is i think the nfl got the punishments right and yeah um, I think we start, we're still waiting on fines. Uh, the last I, I haven't heard about fines. I think they're looking at uh, kind of more players, players who came off the bench, things like that. Um, I think Mason Rudolph's going to get a fine. Uh, but if we just look at suspensions, uh, Garrett got suspended indefinitely, which really means six games because I think they have six games left in the season. And I guess if seven yep. or more if they make the playoffs. But they're probably not going to make the playoffs. They, at this time. Yep. Um, yeah. So a six game suspension. So I think it, oh, I had this written down. Crap. Um, other suspensions. Uh, Hainsworth got four games, I think, when he stomped on the dude's head. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's been a couple other, like, three or four game kind of like conduct outside of the game suspensions. This one feels worse than those, so five or six games feels about right. I'm okay with six games as for, for indefinite. The people who are saying, like, he should be charged with assault charges. Okay, well, I guess two parts of this. <laughs> yeah. He should be out of the NFL. He should be um, charged with assault. This could have been a lot worse. Oh, yeah. Like, it turned out the w- that Mason Rudolph's big head didn't get more hurt is I don't want to see a miracle that sounds it's very fortunate. Oh yeah. It's very moral lucky of the NFL and of Miles Garrett because if that hits his has head better and he's cut open or his helmet just happens to not be happens to be upside down in his hand yep. instead of the way that it was when he ripped the helmet off of the player's head. Yeah. If it happens to be upside down and he hits him that way, he's concussed. He's out cold on the field that easily could have happened that's a much worse much much worse visual and that's a much worse outcome for the nfl so we're kind of garrett's lucky the browns are lucky the nfl is lucky that it just kind of hit him in the head and he was okay maybe as a concussion but we don't obviously don't care about that in the nfl it could have been a lot worse and everybody's kind of fortunate that it ended up the way that it did if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I was, when I saw doing it, it connected. I was like, I thought, you know, we said there's surprise there wasn't blood everywhere. Um, and then you're right. Like, if that if that visual of him getting hit with the helmet and then he was, like, knocked out cold, uh, you know, from that, that could be much, much worse. So, and that's- yeah, it was just a bad, I mean, it was a bad look, but you're right. It could have been much worse. And, again, it was heightened because it's Thursday night. Yeah, and so – that's his suspension. Uh, Pouncey got suspended three games for punching and kicking yeah. Garrett. Seems fine. That's okay. And then somebody yeah. else got a game suspension. I'm okay with that. I As long as you fine Rudolph for being a jerk as well, um, yeah. then I'm I'm fine with it. Because So if this happened and up until the point, if Garrett uh, just ripped off his helmet mm-hmm. and, it, and it ended there, yep. and there was some pushing and jostling, if that ended it, there's no suspensions, maybe fines. Right. right. 
Yeah. It's from then on that you get suspensions. So then I'm okay with the suspensions because after he hit him with the helmet, again, he hit him with his own helmet. God, I can't believe that I'm saying this. It's so bizarre. Uh, that's where the suspensions come in and non-football tussles and things happen. So, all right. We uh, analyzed that a lot more than I There we go. We got, caught. we got caught in the take minutia. The take. We got ta- <laughs> pulled into the take zone. My goodness. <laughs> it's like a black hole of takes. It just sucks yeah. you in. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. Um, Bears, Marley, you want to say anything? Bears, they're down 10 to 7. Anything yeah. you want to say? I put a little Bears in here. We don't have to. Um, I just I hate this team. Uh, this is just up up until this point. We start off the game with a turnover, can't miss a field goal, yep. get another turnover, short field, miss another field or go for it, don't make it, miss another Ooh. field goal. It's just been crap. Uh, and it's like the offense isn't playing terrible. I mean, they're not great, but it was finally we had a good first quarter. When by good it wasn't negative one yards. Um. Uh, and it has still had zero, literally zero to show for it. It's so frustrating. Uh, it was, it's, there's been some stupid play calling. Go mm-hmm. go figure. Uh, but, yeah, we still have a shot. So maybe maybe it'll end up happier by the time we get done with here. Yeah. here. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll check back in with you at the end of the podcast. I, although, yeah. I don't think the game will be over, but hopefully it won't be over by the time. It's just the end of the third now. 10-7 yep. uh, Rams uh, with the ball at the end of the third quarter there. Um yeah, a lot's being made of the the missed field goals, Marlo. It's tough. That's tough. Just, um, just one job, man. Just one. Just one job. It's just the thing. It's weird how that it, that can become a thing. Real fast. Real, Real fast. fast. It's crazy. All right. Uh, let's move on to, I guess, the positive news, the positive highlight, the positive star in the NFL. If Miles Garrett was the negative star. <laughs> The black hole? Is that a negative start? Whatever. I'm doing too much astronomy things here. All right. <laughs> Lamar Jackson, Marlo. Lamar Jackson is amazing. So I have three Lamar Jackson-related questions I want to pose to you. Okay. Uh, or questions related to the Ravens and Lamar Jackson because of how amazing he's been. He had another one of your spin move, Mike Vic at his prime highlight runs today. It was absolutely amazing. So with Lamar Jackson playing at this level, are the Ra- the Ravens the team to beat in the AFC? You got to think one of them. I think it's the Ravens and the Patriots, and the Patriots even look shaky. Yeah. Um, obviously, we, the Rams had beat them, but even in, in their games that they won, the, Ra- the Patriots don't look as dominant, is what I'm trying to say. Yep. Um, and then obviously, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson, if he can be this dynamic, uh, be this explosive, hard to game plan for, and it just seems like he's getting better and better every game. Maybe the game is slowing down for him, Ooh. as they like to say. And it's all coming, it's all coming together. They are definitely. Um, Definitely a force in the in the AFC, and on top of it, everyone does talk about Lamar Jackson, but their defense is starting to come around too, and that's mm-hmm. very dangerous. Yeah, their defense has been playing much better, uh, although they uh, were allowed to pass interfere on a call that wasn't reversed, which is ridiculous. Uh, this depends for me. Uh, this depends on where the AFC Championship game is. Mm. Uh, obviously, so the other team I think you are throwing here are the Chiefs. I think they're the only other good team in the AFC. The AFC is so bad. Comparative to the NFC, where from I shouldn't say so bad because they probably have the two best teams, but the the depth of the conference is so bad yes. compared to the to the NFC. Um, the Chiefs have just kind of fallen off. Mahomes has been dinged up. Uh, we'll talk about him more in a little bit. Uh, I think if I think if the Ravens have to go into Foxborough in January, that's going to be tough. Although. Maybe that's exactly what the Ravens want. <laughs> it's a tough game in January. I don't know. Uh, I would put them at 
one B to the Patriots, one A, just because I think Patriots are going to have home field advantage because their division is so awful. Um, but depending on where that home field advantage goes, I'd say the Ravens are right there with the Patriots. Patriots are not impressed today. They won, what was it, 17-10 over the Eagles. Yeah. That Eagles def- secondary has given up so many points, and the Patriots only got 17. Uh, that felt bad. As and they had to run an Edelman pass to get a, that touchdown. Yeah, Tom Brady looked not good. He yeah, old in that game. Uh, sure. Maybe it's a different Eagles defense that I've seen the last few weeks. I don't know why that would all of a sudden be. Uh, they were at home, but still, uh, that defense should be giving up more than 17 points. And the fact that Pitch only got 17 is bad. Um, but their defense only gave up 10, and those 10 points came in the first quarter, and then they they kind of shaped up and figured it out. Um, but I'll still put those Ravens. I don't know. I think it's still. These are Patriots 1A because I think they're going to get home field, and I'll put Ravens 1B there. All right, next one, Marlo. Uh, if you're a starting franchise, this answer coming in this year was obviously Patrick Mahomes. But you're starting a franchise, or you're the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. You're going to pick one of these guys, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, or anyone else. But those are the, fo- the <laughs> or four. Or anyone else. Again, anyone else. Maybe Mitch Trubisky. I'm not sure. Um who are you taking to start your franchise? Has have any of the, those guys supplanted Patrick Mahomes? And I guess obviously we're keen in on Lamar Jackson. Uh, man, I I'm naturally brought towards Watson because that's who I wanted in the first place. Okay. Uh, when that when this draft went down, uh, so that, I mean it basically puts me in a position to put to pick Lamar, uh, just seeing what he is doing. But I w- I mean honestly I would take Watson. I think again. Lamar's looking fantastic, but I've seen what can happen. It is kind of his first year starting. I know he finished out last year well. Yeah, I just want to see a little bit more longevity. Um, I know Mahomes was, you know, that one year he's been banged up this year, mm-hmm. uh, but I feel like Watson has really kind of proved himself to be a steady quarterback. Right? We know what you're going to get, and you're going to get pretty dynamic play every uh, weekend and week out. Um, and he's he's has what is that the will to win, the will to win their team to to a win. So. I, I've always liked the way he played. I liked how he's come, uh, coming out of Clemson, and I think he's done the same thing in the NFL. So I would pick Watson. Yeah, well, it, it's a tough time to ask you this because uh, yes. the Ravens just shut out Watson, right? Well, yeah. had another great day. So it's a, yeah. it, it's a tough a tough time to ask Damn. this. And I, this the answer I was hoping for, leaning this towards, was Lamar Jackson, right? That you want yeah. to pick Lamar Jackson. I think it's amazing that Dak Prescott is even in this conversation um, because I don't think you would have thought that going into this year. Uh, and he has played really well. And it's really funny watching the Cowboys play because they still really want to feature Zeke. And they really want to be a Zeke first team. But they're clearly better when they're a Dak first team. Yeah. So it's really funny watching this kind of split persona of their offense. Uh, one of whom has been paid, the other whom hasn't. And is they're a better offense when they go through him. It's, it's very fun to watch. And Jason Garrett just being unable to manage it. It's just, <laughs> Jason Garrett, man. It's just fun. Uh, I, I think I'm going to still go with Mahomes on this. Um, his season last year was just amazing. I would not be mad if any of these quarterbacks were my franchise quarterback, but I'm going to stick with Mahomes, although I have Lamar second because he is just so fun. If he can keep this up, it's going to be it's going to be something else um, that we just haven't seen before. So, But it's, it's amazing that Lamar's in this conversation. It's amazing yeah. that Dak's in this conversation. Um with Mahomes and Watson, so that's really cool. All right, next thing. I, this isn't really a question. 
I put a question mark at the end of this, but it's really just a statement. <laughs> well, I'm getting really sick of the Lamar Jackson doubters who are out like, well, look at his completion percentage should the first half and like, oh, look at this. And the count, the people who are either attacking the doubters or attacking like the doubters who doubted him out of college, it's really annoying. Like, can we move on and just like judge him for who he is now? and not the quarterback we thought he was or the wide receiver that some people said he should have been coming out of college, it's different now. <laughs> like We have different information. Stop attacking arguments from five years ago, three years ago, two years ago, whatever it was. Like It's so frustrating. Nobody cares. This argument that you're having with like past people and like, oh, it's so frustrating. The people who are still like, well, the, you can't do this over 16 season game season. It's like, Stop! Just like enjoy what's happening. This is amazing. It's so frustrating. Well, oh. yeah. All right, yeah. that's my rant. That's my rant for the day. I'm done. I did. There, I did. And there's Casey's rant. I said at the top I wasn't gonna. I I wasn't gonna rant, and I did it. I got I got my rant out, and I should have known that was gonna be it. It's so frustrating. <laughs> On the Twitter, Marlon, they're just back and forth. Oh yeah, oh. back and forth. Pulling up pulling up old tweets from from draft day. Yeah, that's my arguing, favorite. They're not arguing with each other. They're no. arguing with like. The straw man of the other argument. It's so <laughs> frustrating. It's like, well, back in Louisville, he only had like a 55% completion percentage, and that's just not going to cut it. Like, it's your two. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about here? Oh, it's so frustrating. And then it's just any Lamar backer is just to the to the tens on just like, they all said he couldn't do it. Now he's yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah. Now we all think he can. Let's just freaking enjoy this. Oh my god. All right. That's it. NFL stuff. Other NFL things are happening tomorrow. I don't know. The Vikings won. They shouldn't have won that one. Oh crazy. yeah, the Vikings. What the hell was that? <laughs> was your um who had like a crazy with stat with fifty fifty four yards passing the first half, but then it ended up with like three hundred and forty yards. Yeah, it unreal. was it, it, unreal. It was one of those like People tweeting out like the real Kirk Cousins, blah blah blah, and then he has like yeah. three hundred yards and three touchdowns. That's uh, you know your boy Vic Fangio out there, Marlo. I don't know about him. Yeah, he just his uh, he looks like he just looks like an angry grandpa out there. Which Roman is fine. The if yeah, your defense is great. <laughs> if your defense gives up like fifteen points a game. Look like a garage and wear fanny packs. I don't care. But like, if you're not doing that, the the visual looks really bad. The visual looks yeah. really bad. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, yeah, you got to win some games. Quarterback. God, so frustrating. Ah, unreal. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Well, that's it for NFL. Now nah, let's get into some. Let's get into some more football. You know what I like? Lo- you know, before we get into more football. Yeah. You know what I learned? I like. What's that? When. Team opposing teams have the same color, like Wisconsin, Nebraska. Loved it. You liked it? I love red, red and white versus red and white. Fantastic. I love when the Lions play the Cowboys. Huh. Blue versus blue and white. Like that's I. Lo- what I do you feel why. like? You feel like you just watching a scrimmage, so it's cooler. I like, the, I like the color. I don't know why. I like the I like <laughs> the color clashes like that. It's it's great. I don't know why. It's I had another example. I can't think of it right now. Yeah. This week. I love it. And you know who's has the worst uniforms in college football? Ohio State. <laughs> like their I regular never, ones or their alternates? Any of them. Any of their any uniforms. Of them. Okay, their red are okay. But like 
it never looks like a college football game. They always look different. They always look to my eye. They look weird. They look off. They're like their color is always off a little bit from what I want to see on my college football television. <laughs> All there right, you go. there you go. That's my color take. There, oh, did you the, see Iowa's helmets? I wanted to ask you about Iowa's helmets. Uh, no. The Hawkeye for, had a little like American. Oh, flag. the American flag. The yeah, American yeah, flag. for veterans. Yeah, yeah. Was that all right? Did you like that? I well, so I, I always thought it's weird. I, I forget some. I think maybe no, no, someone else did it. But I always think it's weird. You got a whole uniform and you just put a flag on the Hawkeye. It's just kind of strange. Like, why don't you either do like the whole helmet? Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. But yeah, I thought it, I, I get the symbolism, but I think just having the American flag on the Hawkeye helmet just made it seem strange. It's not enough. Didn't yeah. honor the veterans enough for you. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. All right, yeah. All right. Speaking of veterans, on America's favorite segment, Kaepernick. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, we're going back into the quake hole. Take, yeah. oh, take, no. oh, no. take home. <laughs> yeah, that's it. All right. Kaepernick, take. Everybody got what they wanted. The haters, <laughs> the supporters, they all saw what they wanted to. Nothing's going to change, and that's frustrating. End of Kaepernick, take. Yeah. I don't even, I, that whole thing was weird and confusing and just set up for this. Um, it's all set up. It's very frustrating. Yeah, they're like everyone stop talking about Miles Garrett. We're gonna have a tryout. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Moving on. Yeah. America's favorite segment: Casey's corner kick. Take it away, oh, Casey. Uh, all right. A boring international break this week, although it was filled by the U.S. men's national team avoiding embarrassment. Nice. Which is which is where we're at with the U.S. <laughs> national team. Uh, we played Canada again. Canada beat us in Toronto. I want to say a month ago, it was around there. We lost 2-0 to zero in Canada. It's tough to go up north, Marlo, all the way up to Toronto, which is basically like the same. It's not altitude. What is it called? <laughs> same distance north as Detroit. Longitude or latitude? I don't know. Which one is it? Latitude. Latitude, latitude because you, you climb the ladder. Oh, there you go, latitude. There we go. This is like elementary stuff. Fantastic. Yep. This is why we have podcasts. Uh, avoided <laughs> <laughs> embarrassment. Winning 3-1. to one. Uh, I don't know it. You, I feel like with this men's national team, you always come away. Even when they win, you want more. You like want things to be better. You want the back line to be better. You want to control the ball more. Canada controlled the ball more than the United States did. Uh, it's just bleak. Might not be the right. It's a it's a frustrating time as a, a U.S. men's national team fan because you're you're looking for improvement and even in victories like this you you want more improvement um so when you avoid embarrassment that kind of you got to kind of take that for for what it is so the since there was an international break club teams were off club teams are back in action next saturday uh or next weekend excuse me on saturday liverpool um the team of the pod right marlo uh that's right is at crystal palace uh Chris Palace, mid-table team, uh, something Liverpool should be able to uh, take advantage of. Crystal Palace, managed by my long-lost uh, relative, Roy Hodson. Believe that? Whoa. Yeah. When I started following um, club soccer in England, uh, he was managing Liverpool, believe it or not. So that's kind of how I started tuning in to, to Liverpool and then other other reasons I, I became a fan. But 
uh, it was not a good tenure for him there. So uh, he's uh, he looks he's very old. He looks kind of like an owl on the sideline. So I have that to look forward to in my future. If you know, since we're <laughs> since we're related, yeah, yeah, I have that to look forward to. Uh, Manchester uh, big game of the week: Manchester City versus Chelsea. That's Saturday at eleven thirty. So that's the the main kind of primetime game. Uh, on Saturday, that is a good one. Chelsea is sitting in second place. Manchester City down in fourth. Um, if you're a Liverpool fan, I guess you're rooting for a draw here. You don't want either of these teams to get points, although uh, Manchester City is presumably the better team. So as a Liverpool fan, you're probably rooting for Chelsea. And Chelsea has Kristen Pulisic. Uh, so you want to root for him because he's American. So that's fun. Um, and then I also want to point out the Sunday game, Sheffield United versus Manchester United. Because Sheffield United, newly promoted Sheffield United, 12 games into the season, sits ahead of Manchester United in the table. And that shouldn't happen. It's <laughs> bizarre. And it might only happen until this game in which Manchester United wins and leapfrogs them. But it's amazing that little Sheffield United is ahead of the table. I think it's by a point or two, but so it's not much. But they're ahead of Manchester United. 12 games into the season. Absolutely amazing. And we can just root for our upstart Sheffield United um, team to continue getting points where they probably shouldn't and um, get a win, if not a draw, against Manchester United. So that's the slate this weekend in the Premier League. Um, be following all those things. It'll be, it'll be fun, uh, especially with a late Badger kickoff. That's that's nice to be able to watch both those, those games on Saturday before that. So that's all I got, Marlo, in the corner kick. That's it. That's it. All right. Uh, update: Bears game still going on. Still ten seven. Still ten seven. Fourth quarter. Bears getting the ball back. Doesn't matter. Not gonna do anything with it. Um, cool. Yeah. I don't know. They're not gonna pull this off. I don't even know why. I just. I'm. Just, I'm done. I'm so done. I mean, it's a, it's a loser leaves town game. It is a loser leaves town. But one of these two teams will lose, and one of them won't make the playoffs. Oh yeah, I think Mike Mike Florio said best. Uh, loser will not be making the playoffs. Winner probably won't go to the playoffs either. So, does it matter? <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Not. <laughs> Rams six and four. Uh, well, who's the second? Well, who's the second wild card now? Though, because Houston lost. It's Houston. Uh, Houston. Well, no, because right now it's Seattle. Yeah. And Minnesota. Oh, Seattle and Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Never mind. That's tough. Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. It's over. That was cool. It was a fun season. No, it wasn't a fun season, but it happened. Let's <laughs> just say it happened. It's the opposite of fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't have anything else. Nothing else for him, Casey. Anything else? Nothing else. That is it. Before All right. As always, be sure to find us on Twitter at 132Breeze. Uh, myself at MarloJR Casey at Prof Badger Fan. Again, great follow. Please follow him. Please be sure to like, subscribe, share. Casey, that's all I got. Any last words? As always, fellow fans, I hope that until next time, I hope all your favorite teams win all the sports.